Hi, Future Steven here. So today is Friday and I got the commission back from Mia. And so from now on, if you're listening to this podcast now and you hear this intro, then you are listening to the updated version. And uh, this is just to tack on to the beginning of the episode. I just wanted to give a heads up that the new artwork will now be for the chapters. Uh, Before it was just uh, some regular artwork from the show. So uh, actual like pictures from the TV show of She-Ra. But this one is going to have the new updated version. Just a quick back story, I wanted a, uh, this entire season has been about drawing attention to superheroes of color and supporting artists of color and making sure that, you know, it's not a one donation and done, that it's not, uh, just during February and done. It's a constant, never-ending support, and that's what being an ally means. It means, you know, stepping up you know, even when everybody is being quiet. And so that's what I want to make sure that I continue to do. And 2020 was a a big year for me to learn uh, a whole lot. And I'm still learning. And while I was watching She-Ra and how diverse of a cast it is and how dope of a show it is, what I secretly wanted was I wanted to see a a Black or a Latinx She-Ra. I wanted to see that come through and be super cool. And that didn't happen. I mean, the show is still phenomenal and I still love it. But I had that, you know, voice in the back of my head and I was like, you know what? I know a really great artist who's amazing and sweet and caring and uh, super talented. And so I commissioned Mia to do another piece for this entire episode. You're going to see uh, that very cool artwork and uh, feel free to share it and uh, keep it for yourself or or whatever. Um, I got this done because I I really wanted to. And I think it's super important to have uh, more heroes of color for kids and even adults to look up to and If I can help in some small way, you know, by even just getting some fan art done, uh, I think, you know, that's important. So I hope you guys really like the artwork. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want the full res image, uh, feel free to let me know because, of course, it's going to get compressed. But if you follow me on any social media, it's going to be posted there uh, the moment after this. So if you want it, feel free and uh, make sure that you guys are following Mia and supporting any artists that you know of because it's it's hugely important. And I hope you guys like the episode. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Pass Steven, take it away. Hello, welcome to Persuade You, the podcast where I, Steven, recommend to you, the listener, stuff and things I think are worth your time and checking out. So we're back. I just want to walk through a couple of stats and things that uh, that kind of blew me away uh, coming back. So first off, as obvious, uh, as many of you listeners already know, if you don't want to listen to the intro, get to the good stuff. There are chapters, artwork, you know, the whole nine yards. So when I stepped away, it was November, I believe, and I've just been taking the time away just to enjoy and fix some things. And what's been interesting is uh, when I left, I had, you know, a few thousand listens. And when I, before I posted the episode on Tuesday, I wanted to take a look and see where things were. Two things just I was not prepared for. One was the stats on season four, all of those episodes, where <laughs> where every episode was hundreds of, of listens, like way more than I have seen in any uh, episode before, you know, with the exception of, I think, like the first one, you know, but, you know, episode one is usually the one that gets you the most listens. And then you have the episode two drop off, which is basically episode one is where you get out all of your promotions, all of your telling all your friends, family uh, and doing all that stuff. And then so they all come, they all listen and they're like, hey, yeah, it was cool, but it's not for me. And then so episode two, they don't come back and they don't listen. And then 
episode two onwards is where you usually have the people that are uh, really interested in the thing that you make or uh, enjoy your voice or whatever you're doing. And so that was really interesting because, you know, we're you know, 41 now episodes in and that season has the most listens, which it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a topic that I really love talking about. Of course, it's comic books, it's nerdy stuff, but also the real life implications and how important it was to talk about that stuff. I had no idea um, that it was going to be as impactful as it was. So that was really cool to see. The other thing that I saw <laughs> was uh, I had like zero listeners, like nobody was there. You know, it, it shows like a... Um, like a line graph where it shows like each episode and how many listeners and then it drops off and then uh, it spikes again when your new episode comes out and it tracks all that stuff. After the app, the last one, it had a few little spikes and then it just plummeted straight into the ground. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I expected that. And so I figured I was just going to post another episode and then have to build the audience back up again. And no, that, that didn't happen. Uh, I dropped it and then it was immediately uh, gobbled up by just way, way more people than I expected. So that was really cool. And it's been really great seeing the the number of you all coming back uh, day in and day out. It's just really cool. And so I wanted to gush uh, a minute just about you guys and uh, how, how great you all are. And so with all that out of the way, <laughs> now we can get into this week's episode. So let's get started. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Now, for those of you that were expecting Black Panther, don't worry. That is still waiting in the wings. But for this week, She-Ra, I think, fits in neatly for what I've been talking about when it com- when it comes to diversity and inclusion slash inclusivity from not only just the artworks perspective and the voice acting, but also to the writers. Like, everybody behind the scenes, if you look up, like, She-Ra's writing cast and then you just look at the faces and just read the names and see all the things that they've worked on it is an impressive list and what a stunning cast and so what is the show all right so let's get into the nitty-gritty so shira i did not make the connection to he-man at all not i was (laughs) was, uh it was not not even close i didn't i didn't make that connection at all uh it had just been something that i had heard from friends family fan dummies the the podcast i've plugged uh, a couple times they did a pair of episodes on it and i didn't listen to them because i'd always planned on going back and watching the show and i didn't want spoilers and then uh i don't remember what happened i think um ariel was here and her and i were we had just cooked dinner and we were sitting down and i decided like hey we could watch like a tv show or something this tonight and uh and i saw shira and i was like oh man have you watched the show and she was like no so i put it on and from the start it is an impressive show animation style alone if you just see the intro and you you watch it for the artwork it is impressive now why bring up he-man is one of the fun facts that i learned is that (laughs) he-man is in the dc universe the dceu he-man is in that which makes she-ra a dc superhero which is crazy because i didn't even think about that i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna talk about this uh you know this nerdy kids show it's gonna tie into like this 80s 70s show it's whatever it's not gonna be that big a deal but then digging in i was like what so that worked out really well because hey oh what's this whole season about oh that's right uh, superheroes so she-ra 
Now, uh, there have been Shira's way, way back. Uh, she had an old, like, live action TV show. It was terrible. Awful. Don't ever look into it. I'm not going to put links in the show notes, but I mean, if you want to, they're out there. But, like, He-Man was, you know, basically, like, the epitome of, like, masculinity. Like, you know, just, like, super jacked, uh, carried a huge sword, had a tiger. It was, it was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, a, a little, you know... It is what it is. It's not a show that's aged particularly well. And so when I heard about She-Ra coming, or when I w- was going in to watch She-Ra, but like, I had no idea that these two were connected until I watched the intro and it all clicked. She-Ra for me is a combination of like Sailor Moon and He-Man, if you just like threw them together. And I think it is such a great kids show but it's one of those ones a lot like Magic School Bus or Avatar where it's it has its audience that it's kind of geared towards, but I don't honestly think that there's an age limit or you're too old or too young to watch it. I think there are some things that happen within the show that definitely skew more towards the adult theme, and uh, I'll get to that later on. But I think overall, the tones, the, uh, as I said, the voice acting, the characters, uh, the world building, all of that is like top tier. It is so good to see another show, you know, like Avatar come along that pulls me in and I am fully immersed in the world and I crave more. Like this isn't like the WandaVision or this isn't like the Mandalorian because for me, I never really got into those. I know, I know that's like sacrilege, but hear me out. Like for me, I'm not a big fan of the weekly releases. I don't like having to wait this day and age to see the next thing and like there are arguments on both sides um but i am much more on the side of i want to sit down and i want to watch through this i want to see where it goes it's like a book for me it's if i have a book i want to read all the way to the end i don't want to stop at the end of a chapter i want a book that's going to pull me into the next chapter and the next and i want to get all the way to the end because i want to see what's going to happen i want to see where the characters go what the characters do i want to see all this and so from like a marketing business standpoint releasing things from a weekly point like that makes total sense for me and when i'm with my daughter i don't want to be limited to an episode and so that's for me but so shira is all on Netflix, all six seasons. And so I was able to watch all of those with her while we were, while she was here. And it was great. And it was so, it, it was so good that when she would go to sleep, I would turn on she and I would watch a few episodes ahead because why? Because I have a problem. All right, let's not talk about it. I really, really like this show. I think that it's made more impressive by the characters in it. And that I think it's probably more, is for lack of a better word, more progressive than a lot of cartoons that we have. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, when I wa- when I sit down and I want to watch a TV show, especially one with my daughter or one that I want her to be able to watch, I want her to be able to... There's, there's a difference, okay? I think there's the fantasy element where there are things that you will never encounter in our world. Ergo, magic and swords that transform you into a 10-foot tall, stunningly beautiful, just Amazonian woman. Like, that will never, ever happen. However, comma you will run into people that don't look like you. You will run into people that don't like dating women or don't like dating men or any any in between. There are different races, different ethnicities, cultures. There are aliens in this show, but you can definitely feel that they skew towards not being, I guess you're like average white protagonist. You have this incredible cast and all different sizes too. Like not everybody is like this 
twig. You have all different body types, you have all different backgrounds, you have people from different parts of the world with different accents, and it makes the show feel real. It makes it feel like, hey, this is how like my daughter's gonna be interacting in the real world. She's not gonna run into people that look like her all the time. It, not even most of the time. <laughs> She's going to run into people that are completely different for her, from her. And that is important for me as a parent because I want her to be raised to uh, respect and, and see people for who they are after getting to know them. And you can't do that if you're, you know, just simply watching a show with, you know, people that look like you and you, you need those extra voices. And it's so important to harp on that at a young age so that when you have them grow up, you know, they can build on those principles. And so that is one of the biggest things of why I mean the show has a trans character which is so freaking cool like not for not I mean yeah yeah it's cool that there's a trans character but the character in the show that is trans is so dope and is like written specifically for it and is voiced by a trans character like how do you guys get this stuff like made and Netflix like they did it and it is it is so good and I I, I wish there was more but I like the way that the show ended I feel like there were a, a few dry points I feel like there were some spots where they definitely could have used an infusion of you know some some different story beats one thing that I was really worried they were gonna do after learning this was uh, like a he-man-esque spin-off or in the same universe is I was worried that they were going to bring him into the show. This is very, very female-driven. This is a very, not only female cast, but the writers, the producer, the director, Noelle Stevenson, she has done some incredible work and is going to be working on a graphic novel for a different series coming out, which you can find in the show notes. But what happens when you have a show and then you inject like a guy from another adjacent property or um, they are more well-known or more famous or any of those as they just basically steal the entire theme of the show and make it about them. And I didn't want that. I was so worried that that was going to happen after Shiro was established, after we got to know Adora, who Adora is uh, our main character. She's the one that becomes Shira. And I was worried that that was going to happen. I was worried that they would bring that in uh, later down the season and we would have this because what, what you end up having is you have another character that's arguably more well-known he man he's pretty well known uh, has been around much longer and what you could possibly have is you fracture your audience and so you have some of them that are really into that and then they're gonna leave and want to see more he-man and more of that universe instead of this one and then you have the ones that are left that feel that the the guy as you know in the real world uh, just kind of stepped in did whatever he wanted and then left and you don't want that, especially in a quote-unquote kids show. Again, when I'm watching shows with my daughter, like, I want her to, you know, be smart and know all of these things and know that, you know, that wouldn't be okay. But I also want it to be fun and enjoyable. And this show is that. Um, if we think back to the differences between He-Man and She-Ra, just for those of you that uh, know one and not the other, He-Man is a very dark universe. From the animation to what happens within the show, it's not a happy-go-lucky show it's the animation is very dark it's very gray-scaled um it's very <laughs> gray-scaled <laughs> oh, that's the dumbest pun i'll make all week so what you end up having is that show is very dark is very uh, masculine like everybody's jacked everybody is swole everybody has the uh, ideal men's body type uh and the women are drawn 
by men. And so what do you happen? What do you have happen? You have these women with these completely unreal expectations of what they're supposed to look like and do and act and all of that other stuff. It's terrible. She was the complete opposite of that in every single way. And it is so great to see. It is such a breath of fresh air to see a, it's a bright universe. It's one with princesses. And so princesses in, the, in this uh, universe have superpowers. And so they're given these crystals and I won't say by whom, and I won't say who has them. What I will say is that each, uh, we'll say nation on this planet has its own crystal and its own princess. And that princess can access the crystal to like charge themselves up to go fight the bad guys, right? I'm trying to be extremely vague because I don't want to ruin anything. And so our first characters that we're introduced to are Adora and Katra, and they have been best friends for decades. And they're in this military together and they're conquering this planet and we see the perspective from their point of view towards the princesses at the very beginning of the show we see how they're raised we see uh the propaganda we see how they're treated who is definitely the favorite all of these things are laying the groundwork for what's to come in later seasons and then obviously we shira and the princesses of power so obviously just given by the title you know that shira a la adora is not going to stay with with the military very long and almost within a couple episodes she has uh, deserted the military and begins to fight with the rebels aka the princesses in order to fight back against the military unfortunately Katra uh, her best friend doesn't and she stays with the military and becomes kind of a favorite and she ends up going through her own growing pains and problems and how she lives in a world without her best friend whereas Adora finds new best friends and new allies and it is wonderfully told how she switches and how she builds up her reputation because Shira is like a legend on this planet and her story has been passed down through the generations but there hasn't been one in hundreds of years and of course shira or adora is the next one and it takes her time in order to learn her powers and learn how to fight and eventually reach her full potential. What we see on the cover art is not technically her full Shira form, I guess. Uh, that's like her middle form where she's still learning. And it is hands down one of my favorite shows, uh, I think, of all time. I think without a doubt from how bright and colorful the show is to also the darker elements of the show. And I, I said I would delve into that and here we go. So there are some darker themes in the show, especially when it when we see... Oh, by the way, I guess I should go uh, spoilers because I am going to talk about some things that uh, happen within the show and I don't want to ruin it. So for those of you that are interested, it's on Netflix. Um, you can watch it whenever you want. It's uh, Shira and the Princess of Power. Great show. Lots of fun. Definitely recommend. So now, spoilers. So the first thing that I took away from this is that, one, the fandom is incredible, and they ship Catra Dora, which is Catra and Adora, uh, together pretty hard. I hated that. And uh, the reason why is Catra is probably the most abusive person in the show, uh, aside from, obviously, the military dictators that we have. Catra is 
basically gaslighting Adora uh, the entire show. And I hated this because I hated seeing them get together so quickly. It happens within the last season. And, you know, there's there's tons of subplots where they, they confess their feelings for each other. And, and it's, it is beautiful. But there's no time to let that breathe. There's no time to to have a, you know, I, I've talked about this before, have the, the Zuko um, moment where we have multiple seasons of a character who starts out just completely in the wrong and they don't see that they're in the wrong. And then over seasons, they switch. Katra doesn't do that. Katra is 100% on the side of the bad guys, even when she's confronted by her best friend, trying to tell her that she's on the wrong side. But she never admits that she was wrong until like the last season. And it's within the span of like five or six episodes where like then she flips and then it's okay and then everybody accepts her and it feels rushed. Other than that, uh, I think the show does a very good job of showing like a diverse cast of characters. We have black characters, we have white characters, we have Asian characters, we have different gender of characters, we have different species of characters, we have magic, of course, we have different underlying uh, like adult themes and problems that everybody deals with from a a pre... (laughs) from depression to anxiety to obsession to all of these things, but they're told in a very... It's not talking down to the audience. It's not forcing it down our throats. It's not dumbing it down for everybody to listen. It's pretty overt. It's right in your face. Like, you know exactly what's going on, but it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel like it's poorly written. It's also written from as I've said, like a female perspective, which makes this show so great because one of the biggest problems that I've had, and you know, you can listen back to the Dresden Files episode, the the one that I have up still is that's my biggest problem with that series and many others. And I'm sure this is a theme that many women feel and, and many, many feel is that I'm so tired of reading about women from a man's perspective. I don't want any of this. Uh, I want to know how they would act in this situation. I want to know how they would feel. I want to know, um, what, they worry about and I want this character to feel real and when you have it from a man's perspective it doesn't have that it it just it's it's not realistic it doesn't feel grounded Shira for all its fantastical elements feels grounded it feels real it feels honest I think is the best way I can put it. I think it feels like a great show that anyone can jump into and watch and enjoy. I think that's going to do it. I think there's going to be a Shira movie. Um, there's a theatrical movie that's supposed to be coming out. But other than that, I think that's that's it for the show. The show is great. The characters are great. Cast is great. Definitely look into the cast. My favorite character in the entire show is a character. His name is Seahawk, and he is a sailor, and he sings sea shanties, and he's lots of fun and adorable, and him and another character get together and she is also amazing and awesome awesome and it's just ah ah I could gush about them for taste but yeah I think that's gonna do it I think Shira is a solid go-to I think now one of the biggest things missing from a lot of TV shows is um, like a warm, fun, happy feeling. A lot of shows are trying to be like dark or or gritty or taking older characters and and reworking them. And while many of them have uh, done it in in a different way and definitely live action, I feel like there's something about animation that allows you to do more and go (laughs) <laughs> go beyond what uh, what live action can do. And I think that's why this show hit home so well is that it is a fun show. It hit me just right. And uh, Ariel loves it, which makes it even easier to get into because then I don't have to worry about, you know, what she's watching. I get to watch it with her around. And I think that only strengthens how great this show is. And so that's going to do it for this week. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. Okay, bye.